How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. No, this is not an episode of Preachers and Sneakers, even though it's a thing on Instagram. It's an episode of The Pactum. I'm Pat Abendroth with my crimes. <laughs> Here in the Pactum studio, and we're not wearing fancy sneakers. I've got Vans on. Come on, man. Well, okay. What am I? I'm I wearing they're on I have sale. Adidas on. I don't know. Okay. So there's that. Yeah. I thought Preachers and Sneakers was just like an Instagram account where they, you know, pointed out how Stephen Furtick has super expensive clothing and things yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. Looked it up online. It's like no, it's like a whole website, a book, a whole thing. For real, Come speak to, at your church. So Man. I don't know what that's about. Let's. I'm going to start snapping pics of your shoes and your your kicks. <laughs> Is that what the cool people say? Your kicks on Sundays and see what we can. You I, got some camouflage ones. Ooh, it's true. It's true. I do love me some shoes, but I think I don't know. I don't have like four hundred and fifty dollar no. ones. No, I could never spend that on shoes. I did see on the way. I just got some new vans and they were on sale for like $49. And I thought that was expensive. That's exciting. The Lord works in mysterious colorways. It says (laughs) on their website. (laughs) It's kind of funny. I'll I'll accept that. Okay. All right. We've got a conference coming up. Pactum listeners. We've got a conference coming up this October in Omaha, Nebraska. It's God's good law will be the 2024 Pactum conference on October 11th through the 12th here at Omaha Bible church. I I thought maybe we're going to take a week, a year off, but, you know, the last one went it. so well. It was fantastic. That we pretty much need to do one again this year. So we speakers do. include JV Fesco, yep. David Van Drunen, Mike Abendroth, Pat Abendroth. We are going to have a time of it. But It's going to be awesome. Yeah, and we're going to add something to it because we had so many pastors. It's not a pastor's conference. Right, nope. But we had so many pastors come last time, and the Pactum loves us some pastors. Yep. So we are going to do a pre-conference seminar on preaching yep. on the Friday for lunch. So Friday night is the conference. Conference, but Friday at noon, noon we're going to have Mike Abendroth, who yep. I think has, you know, it, it might be a D-min, but it is a doctorate. He does have a doctorate. In expository preaching. Dr. Mike so Abendroth. <laughs> he is, in fact, going to lead that seminar. We'll call it Sharpening Your Preaching Skills. Yep. And uh, should have a great time. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. So registration for the conference, get this, is open. Today? Today. Today is the day. Ta-da! January 31st, registration is open. You can head over to thepactum.org. That's our website. That is our website. <laughs> on the top, you'll find a, what do you call that? A link that says conference. You click on that and bam, you're going to get all sorts of information about the conference, got the conference speakers, the schedule, location, all that kind of fun stuff. But there is a registration link for you. Registration is open. We've got early bird registration running right now until July, $40. Get signed up, get registered. It's going to be awesome. I'll be, I'll, be, I'll be there. I'm, I'm planning it's to come It's going to be a well. great time. It's going to be fantastic. Indeed. Yeah. I think it's kind of feeling spunky in the Pactum studio today. We're going to talk about evangelism. We're yep. not going to talk about sneakers. We're not going to talk about conferences. Maybe I'm feeling spunky because I just had a handful of gummy bears. Do you say gummy or gummy? I say gummy. <clears throat> yeah, I know. My kids make fun of me because you say growing up, we said gummy. And oh, really? It's super dumb. So it's gummy bears. And I have a special kind of gummy bear and it's th- it has tahine. So chili, chili and lime. I didn't save any for you. For real? That's interesting. It's kind of a spicy. Where do you find something like that? <laughs> I, ordered them, I, I ordered a box of them on Amazon. It's hey. good. It's good on the bike food. 
Okay. So it's got mm-hmm. a little bit of sugar action, a yeah. little bit of spice wake you up. It's nice. That's nice. <laughs> <laughs> and it is fueling the episode today. It's fueling right? It. All right. So on the heels of our Vital Gospel Doctrines series, yes. we've been talking about related issues. And today we're going to talk about the fact that the gospel, yes, is to be believed, to be to be received freely by faith, but it is also to be proclaimed. Mm, yeah. So we're talking about gospel preaching. We're talking about evangelism because it seems like it's a good follow-up. Right. Um, and it's relevant to everybody. So that's what we're doing today. We've got our typical, you know, dozen or so yep. questions Question. that we have teed up. Yep. We want to help you think biblically, rightly, profoundly about mm-hmm. evangelism. Yeah. So let's start with uh, what exactly is this gospel that we are to proclaim? It's good to go back to episodes 149 to 154, where we talked about the life, the death, the resurrection, and the ascension. The gospel is the good news about the work of Jesus. Yes. And so we have that figured out. We should receive it freely by faith and only by faith because of what Christ has accomplished. He's done everything necessary. His work is sufficient. And so that's what the gospel is. But now we're going to talk about how we should respond to the gospel. Hmm, So it does bring up the next question. How does the response to the gospel relate to the gospel itself? Hmm. I guess what we're trying to do is look at the anatomy of evangelism, if you will. Right. Yeah. Um, We call people to believe in Jesus. So that's the response to the gospel. So Mike, would you say that's what evangelism is? Calling people to to trust in the finished work of Christ, or are we off track there? Yeah, I think what we're doing is we're proclaiming Christ and what he has done, okay. and then calling them to believe, have faith, trust. So it's not enough to just proclaim, even though it's really, really important that you proclaim right, and you yes. don't confuse the two, right. but we proclaim the truth about Jesus, but people are not automatically saved just by hearing. Right, right. So There's response involved. We do call people to respond. Acts 16.31 is an important one because it says, believe, that's the actually the command. Mm. Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. So we call people to trust in Christ. Here's, yeah. here's what he's done. And you are obligated. You You must respond if you're going to be saved. So as we think about living the Christian life, and we are taking the Great Commission seriously. Uh, we want there to be disciples of Jesus. We want people to be saved. We want people to not be held responsible for their own sins. We want them to have the hope and confidence that uh, is found in Christ. We tell them who Jesus is, and then we say, and you must trust in him. Right. You yeah. must believe in him. And if you do, uh, you will receive Christ and all of his benefits. In other words, you will be saved. Yeah. So what about the gospel requires that it be proclaimed. Well, let's make sure we think in terms of it's it's news. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it, it's required that it be proclaimed because new it's an announce we we must announce it. We have to herald the news, proclaim the news. It's the news about another. So it's not news about me. I can't reenact it. Hmm. Um, you can't just look at my life and see the gospel. Right. Uh, contrary to some popular. Got to use those words. Right. Got to use those words. It's historic. So we're we're telling so much of Christianity, as Machen would say, is history. Hmm. Yeah, we're we're right. telling people about an historic event, something that happened. And so it has to be told. And since it's good news, it's to be proclaimed. It's to be heralded. Herald, we yeah. have a good announcement. And most of our Pactum listeners know this, but just in case some of them don't, you know, this, this good news idea is borrowed from... I mean, there, there, there were other good messages proclaimed mm. in history. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, our, our, our side won. 
Um, so there's going to be great feasting, right? Uh, and we don't have to fear for our lives. So I have a huge announcement to make. You know, the battle is over, and uh, we're not going to be enslaved. We're actually going to enjoy life because our army won, or whatever right. it might yeah, be. Right. So we've got good news for people. There's going to be feasting. Yes. <laughs> well, we have good news for people. You can have eternal life in Christ if you trust in what He has done. And so we herald it, we proclaim it, we tell it. Uh, we can't live it. We can't replicate it. Right. And we do want our lives to complement it. We we want sure, people yeah. to see fruit in our lives and those kinds of things. But because it's the work of the perfect one that's historic and accomplished, it must be can, it must be preached. Yes. Yeah. I've been avoiding the word preached um, because I think proclaim might help people understand that it's not only the preacher, but I'm getting ahead because I think we're going to mm. talk about that yeah. in just a spell. Yeah, we are. So uh, let's first, before we get to that, why, why proclaim the gospel? Because of the Great Commission, right? Yeah. I, I realize the Great Commission doesn't say, go therefore and preach the gospel. Right, right. But it's assumed in light of the rest of the book of Matthew. It's assumed in light in the light of the rest of Scripture. It is something that we herald. How is it that a person becomes a disciple? They, they become a true disciple of Jesus uh, by trusting in him. Hmm. Yeah. And his finished work. So in that sense, it is imperative. So as you are going, I think literally the text says, yep. as you are going, make disciples. Make, that yep. assumes we are proclaiming, we are preaching. So we do that. We also proclaim the gospel because it's true. Mm-hmm. We proclaim the gospel. Can I say because it makes God happy? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Another, It glorifies God. Yes. Right? Yeah. When, you, when you tell the truth about God's Son and the work of his son, that obviously is something that glorifies God and honors God. And that's what we live to do as Christians. And so we want to proclaim the gospel not only because it's true, not only because it's good news to sinners, but because it does, in fact, uh, glorify God. Right. Yep. And maybe one more thing we could say, Mike, is we we proclaim the gospel because it is God's appointed means. Mm. Yeah. Right. God's appointed means for what? It's God's appointed means for people to hear, to be saved. I mean, that's how he has ordained that people would hear of the saving work of Christ. Yeah. Is through that sharing, through that proclaiming. Yep. And for quite a number of years in my Christian life, I'd never really thought about this one. Uh, and so as you're listening today, maybe you've thought of it for a long time. May the Lord bless you. Um, but maybe some of you are like <laughs> me and, and you didn't really, you hadn't really thought about the anatomy of things. Sure. We yeah. proclaim the gospel because it's God's appointed means for bringing about salvation in people's lives. Right. So Romans ten seventeen says, so faith... Oh, and you, you do have to have faith yes, in Christ to right. be justified. Right. Read Romans 5, read Romans 8, uh, Romans 3, Romans 4. You get the idea. Right. So you must believe, or even Acts um, 16 that we looked at earlier. Mm-hmm. So faith comes. How does it come? It comes from hearing yeah. and hearing through the word of Christ, which is a synonym for the gospel. You're right. Yeah. So we want people to believe in Jesus because apart from believing in Jesus, they won't be saved. Well, how does saving faith come about? What is God? Uh, how's God orchestrated things? Or how right, does yeah. he orchestrate things? Yeah. If anyone is going to believe in Jesus and people must for salvation, it is going to be through hearing. Hmm. Yeah. Now, we're not saying that everyone who hears will believe. Right, right. But we are saying no one will believe who doesn't hear. Exactly. Right? Yes. Kind of the argument of Romans 10. Uh, you you don't get converted by looking at the stars. You yep. don't get converted by having a, a you know a weird feeling inside. Right. Yep. We like stars on the pactum. Yeah. Um, stars are sometimes great. Sometimes we even like weird feelings. But, <laughs> but that's an aside. <laughs> 
You, you believe because you heard. Yes. You heard about Jesus and what he's accomplished, who he is. So we preach because God wants us to, because it is the divinely ordained means yeah. through which or by which people come to believe in Jesus. Yes, right? exactly so. So how then does this proclaiming the gospel, how does that jive with predestination? Did you say jive? I did say jive. I don't even know what jive means. I don't either. How does that work? <laughs> how does that go along with? How does that play in? All of these with, weird 70s songs are like coming how into my that, mind and flooding into my mind. Is the jive a dance jive talking, or something? Jive talking. Is jive is, dude, is I, that, I have no idea. I'm thinking like do the twist, do the jive. Is that a, I don't know. I'm, <laughs> Who knows? I'm too young for that. So how, yeah. how does proclaiming the gospel in this, you know, that God has... <laughs> appointed it that this is the way that people would come to a saving faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. How does that all jive with predestination? You know, because people might say, well, if if you're the elect and you're predestined, then you're going to be saved. So don't worry about it. To answer, we would say God draws the predestined via the preaching of the gospel. So it is true. There are those who've been predestined. There are those who have been chosen by God before the foundation of the world. Ephesians right. 1. How does that work with preaching the gospel? Why even preach the gospel? Why not be hyper-Calvinist? Hmm. Well, because God uses right. the preaching of the word of God to draw the elect right. so that they will come to believe in Jesus because election is awesome. We're all about it. Predestination is awesome. We're all about it. But you must believe, and the predestined will most certainly believe. Yes, right, yeah. So it's it's actually an important question. Right. So Acts thirteen forty eight does say at the end of the verse, as many as were appointed to eternal life, i.e. predestined, right, yes, believed. And that is really helpful to just know how it works. Yeah. So I don't know who the elect are. Um, so I preach the gospel to everyone. Uh, it's why we're committed to proclaiming Christ. And we are confident, we are certain that we don't have to manipulate them. We don't have to do any of that sort of thing, which we'll talk more about. But what we do know is those who have been appointed unto eternal life will believe. Mm, yep. So we want to be great evangelists, not great manipulators, but we want to be great evangelists, proclaiming, glorifying God, telling the truth about Jesus, knowing with confidence that all those who are appointed will, in fact, sometime come to trust in Jesus. Yeah. It's pretty cool. It, it really is. I mean, the, I mean, God uses means to accomplish his purposes, mm -hmm. and he uses this means of proclaiming the gospel. So be part of that and proclaim the gospel. It's, Share. It's so cool. Share the good news. Yeah. It's so cool. It makes so much sense. Yeah. Most definitely. So uh, when we're talking about this response or uh, someone hearing the gospel and responding, trust, believe, faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, what comes first in this saving— The chicken. I was just going to say the chicken or the egg. You beat me to it. <laughs> what comes first, regeneration or faith, and why does that really matter when it comes to evangelism? How does that question play or jive here with uh, this idea of evangelism, <laughs> proclaiming the gospel? Well, R.C. Sproul would say that you have to have regeneration before faith. And if you don't have he, – he would say that's like fundamental to Reformed yeah. theology. Right, yeah. It's like ABCs, one, two, threes. If you don't have regeneration before faith, you definitely are not part of the Reformed world. Yes. Yeah. So uh, now, is he right? Well, according to Second Sproul chapter 3, <laughs> verse 2, because – no. Well, if we look at the text of Scripture, I think he's exactly right. Yeah. So if we started with First Peter chapter 1, verse 3, we do read the fact that he has caused us to be born again. Mm. So God causes us to be born again. Right. 
Now, that's just getting us started. It doesn't say what happens first. Sure, right. So I suppose an Arminian might say, yeah, he's done that, but it's because, um, you know, I, I believed and then I was yeah, caused the, yeah, to be born right. again. It's God's response to your belief, yeah. But, no. but I'm just trying to draw you all in. <laughs> and I do love that statement so much, so maybe that's why I had to say it first. He has caused us to be born again. Wow. Sounds like monergism. Mm. Sounds like there's one working in salvation. It is God who does this. But when we look at Ephesians chapter two, then we start to see, indeed, you have to have regeneration happen before faith. Right. It says in Ephesians chapter two, verse four, but God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses. Okay. Mm. So we're spiritually dead, dead. according to yeah. one chapter two, verses one, two, and three, even when we were dead in our trespasses, then after the comma, it says made us. Oh, goes back to the beginning of verse four. God did this. God made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you've been saved. Hmm. Now that yeah. is something. Right. Yes. So clearly we are spiritually dead. He makes us alive. That's another way of saying regenerate. Regeneration. Yeah. Right. Causing it causes us to be born again. He does it when we were spiritually dead. And then if we keep reading in Ephesians chapter two, he goes on to talk about faith and faith is really important and you must believe in Jesus. But where does that faith come from? If we're spiritually dead, ain't no believing. Right. It's not happening. Ain't, there, there ain't no believing at all. God has to be the first one who acts. Right. He brings about the new birth and that shows itself. The fruit of the new birth is faith in Jesus. Yes. Yeah. So lots of people don't believe that. And it's no wonder then, even when it comes to some of our practices, why we will, you know, you know, resort to things like manipulation. Yes. Right. Yeah. Um, so like the Christian Missionary Alliance denomination is a denomination, uh, that has produced some good things. You've got, uh, A.W. Tozer. He's my favorite Arminian. <laughs> yep, yep. And, uh, one of the first Christian books I read, I think was his, is it called, is it the knowledge of the Holy? I, I, yeah. I think that's the one. I think so. Yeah. So some yeah. profound things in there. Yes, most sure. But you do have regeneration. Most certainly as I would read their, their statements, regeneration happens after faith. Yeah. And so that would be called Arminianism. Mm -hmm. And uh, it does show itself in a lot of their approaches to evangelism, because if you can just get people to believe, right. then, then they will be born again. Right. So here on the Pactum, we are Calvinists. You can listen to the episode called Questioning Calvinism. Uh, we're Calvinists, not because we think John Calvin somehow is um, infallible or, you know, all the original OG. <laughs> right. <laughs> But it, Calvinism would reflect the fact that we're spiritually dead in trespasses and sins, according to Ephesians chapter 2, and God makes us alive. And that is patently true, patently yeah. biblical. So we want to evangelize everyone telling the truth about Jesus. Oh, yes, with compassion and passion, um, because it is good news after all. Mm. So, But at the same time, we, it's not up to us. Um, it's ultimately up to God to do the work in regenerating people. Yeah. So when we're uh, evangelizing, proclaiming Christ, uh, some people might want to call people to pick up their cross and a life of suffering and follow after Jesus. Uh, does this call to take up your cross and suffer, does that relate to the gospel and proclaiming the gospel and evangelism? So if the gospel, first of all, if the gospel is the good news about what Jesus has done, mm -hmm. Taking up your cross and following Jesus and suffering, that doesn't sound like the gospel. It doesn't. It sounds like 
you need to do something. It does. It does. Hmm. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God. Hmm. Um, okay. So I want to say that taking up your cross is important because Jesus said it, and uh, I think it's imperative. Yeah. But is it the gospel? I'm going to say I don't think it's the gospel because the Apostle Paul certainly didn't think it was the gospel. Yeah. The Apostle Paul would have thought it was true. Yes. But the question is, where are you going to put it? Um, are you going to have it be? If you are trusting in Jesus, you follow Jesus. That That's true. Yes. You, you do, right. and you need to. And Jesus is very clear that it's not going to be easy all the time. In fact, sometimes it's going to be extremely hard. But if you truly belong to Jesus by faith, if you have been justified freely according to his grace, guess what? You're going to follow Jesus, even if it means things are hard. Right. So hear us for what we're saying. Don't hear us for what we're not saying right. or something like that. Mm-hmm. It is important that we follow Jesus. We're all for following Jesus. The problem is we're not very good at it yeah. um, to perfect standards. And so thankfully, we have justification that comes freely. And then we want to follow Jesus because of what he's accomplished for us. Yeah. So really, that question gets at the message of what we're proclaiming. Right. We're, we're proclaiming Christ and what he has done. Indeed. Not a message of, hey, you ought to do these things right. so that you can be saved. If salvation came by following Jesus, Jesus wouldn't need to have done all of the things that he, that he did. Right. Okay. Yeah. That's what we're getting at. Yep. So th- this is why categories are so important. And we, we strum that. Do we say a note? I'm not a musician, Mike. Do well, for strumming, there's probably going to be more than one. I mean, uh, Okay. <laughs> we can say strum. I'll let you, yeah, let's strum. Okay. Strum. I think of strumming, you're going, that's a full strum, motion do you, there. Do you strum a chord? Yep. You yeah, strum? yeah, 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 you strum a chord. Okay, on the pactum, uh, mix all of that. And as we talk jive, <laughs> j- we, as we talk jive and we nix things, um, we strum a chord, we don't strum a note. I, people are, you know, I'm not a real guitar player, okay? <laughs> at the, Play. At this point in pluck, the show, Mike Grimes lies. <laughs> We need to have a pactum absolve him because Mike, Mike Grimes is lying. Hey, you real he guitar, guitar players, player. let me know what you think. Okay. So with that said, we emphasize this hey. a lot on the pactum, okay? Yeah. Uh, and that is categories, categories, categories. Absolutely, you must follow Jesus. Yeah. Must you follow Jesus in order to be justified? Uh, absolutely not. Right. Um, if you are justified, are you going to follow Jesus? And must you follow Jesus? Absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. So don't confuse categories. I just said this to someone yesterday, a friend and a friend of the pactum. It's w- one of the big issues at the Protestant, Ref- Protestant Reformation would have been the fact that we need to have better categories. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of agreement on what the, all of the different things are, but where do you put them? Mm, yeah. All right. God justifies the ungodly. All right. How, uh, let's see. That's going to go on my tombstone probably. Is it? My wife would probably say, yep, that's good. My, that's my good. husband was a Christian. <laughs> Put Romans 4, 5 on four, the five tombstone. On God justifies the ungodly. Uh, all right. So <laughs> have we failed in proclaiming Christ, evangelizing? Have we failed when sinners do not respond positively in faith? I think we have, we, to, we have to say no. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We long, no. we long for it's why we pray for the, the salvation of loved ones, sometimes even of enemies, which would be good to do. It's what the Apostle yeah, Paul right, does. Right. We pray for all kinds, even those in, in authority who oppress us. But we have to say, if people don't respond positively, it doesn't mean we've failed. Right. Uh, we're, right. Not, we're not the Holy Spirit. 
Um, and, and maybe we've succeeded in telling the truth about Jesus and mm-hmm. that glorifies God no matter what. Uh, we do long for people to respond positively. Yeah. Um, but the results aren't up to us, we would right. say. Yeah, yeah. The results aren't up to you. You are not the one who's going to be the one saving those kinds of things. Yep. It's, yeah. Mike, let me ask you the next question. Is, the go- is gospel proclamation only for the pastor on Sundays? I don't think so. No. I think some people kind of think so. Yeah, I think – yeah, people I think think so, probably in practice behave that way. But uh, I mean we should be as pastors on Sundays proclaiming the gospel. We're all Absolutely. for it. We think <laughs> vital is proclaiming the law and the gospel and we are committed to doing that yep. uh, week in and week out. But in in the one camp, you've got kind of the, the, the movement – well, it used to be the church growth movement. Now I don't know what we call it, yeah. but it still exists. Right, yeah. So where – you know. Bring bring your unbelievers to church because they will hear the gospel there. Yeah, and sort of like churches for churches for unbelievers. Yeah, right. It's for yeah. evangelism yeah, yeah, only. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so that seems to be not not spot on. Right. Although we would love it if people would preach the gospel on Sundays. Yes, that would be a good thing. So, but on the other side of things, um, sometimes people, I think, with a good intent and with an elevated view of uh, gospel proclamation and an elevated view of the Lord's Day, elevated view of the corporate gathering, uh, and somehow it's 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 only the preacher, only mm. the ordained pastor, mm. is the one who preaches the gospel, and it's only on Sundays. I think that's probably an error also. Yeah, I think so. So um, Romans chapter 10 is vital. Romans 10 is critical. How will they know without a preacher? I hope I don't get too much pushback from from some pastor friends, but I, I think it's super critical and important, but anybody and everybody can proclaim the gospel. Yes. Even if they're not a quote unquote preacher, as in an ordained minister of the gospel, we all preach Christ or we all want to preach Christ. Yes. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think if the only person who could do that were the preacher on Sunday, then everybody's aim would have to be only to invite people to hear him on Sunday. Like, Hey, I've got the good news about Jesus Christ, but you're going to come hear it from my preacher on Sunday. I mean, you could share that with them. Yeah. Not that there isn't something special that happens right, when the right. people of God gather. Yes. Um, but we're going to say, Pactum listeners, men, women, boys and girls, ordained or otherwise. Yeah. Should I say it that way? <laughs> you know what I mean. You know what I mean. Preach Christ. Yeah. Proclaim Christ. Yes, Absolutely. Sure. He will be glorified. Yep. What about the law? What role does the law have in proclaiming the gospel? I feel triggered. You just said, what about the law? And I just kind of flinched. I'm not really <laughs> sure why. What about the law? Well, we, we need to preach the law to people because if they don't hear the law, they won't know what sin is. They right. won't yeah. know that they're a sinner in need of a savior. First John chapter three, verse four says sin is lawlessness. Yes. Right. So we, if, in order for people to understand atonement for sin, they have to understand that they have sin and they won't understand sin if they don't understand the standard, which is right. God's yes. law. Yeah. So we are all for preaching. Here's what God requires so that people will see that they don't meet the requirement. Only Christ does. And there's atonement and forgiveness found in Christ. So without law proclamation, there really can't be any sense made of gospel proclamation. Right. Yeah, for sure. But what we're not saying is that it has to be the Ten Commandments per se. 
Right. So, yeah. 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 Um, I realized that um, certain evangelistic associations and groups say that it has to be the Ten Commandments. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think it has to be the Ten Commandments. You could use the Ten Commandments. Yeah. But the reality yeah. is there were commandments before there were commandments, yes, right. even according to the book of Exodus, where we have the Ten Commandments. Yes. So uh, for me, um, I don't mind. I mean, I wouldn't mind using the Ten Commandments, but I don't typically do that because, uh, well, for lots of reasons I won't get into now that I'm in counseling about. <laughs> but the reality is Jesus boils it all down when he says to love God with heart, soul, mind, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah, right. So I can flesh that out in certain ways and with specifics to help people to understand that no one meets the obligation. Right. Therefore, yeah. no one meets God's legal requirements. Therefore, they need Jesus to be able to do that and to atone for their sins. So, right. Yeah. When people, I, I guess, so I appreciate um, groups like Way of the Master mm-hmm. yeah. and what they do, um, and they've trained a lot of people. But when people try to somehow tell me that apart from preaching the Ten Commandments per se, yeah. that I can't really do effective evangelism, I think they need to read their Bibles better. Sure. Yes. Yeah. 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 Yeah, so we're saying we, we we want people to understand their guilt before a holy and righteous God and the requirement of perfect obedience. But yes. it doesn't have to only come through the Ten Commandments. It is, though, through hearing the law. And yes. as you said, love God, heart, soul, mind, strength. Love your neighbors yourself. That yep. is the summation of the law. And that law is written on their hearts. They yeah. they know that there's you know a difference difference between right and wrong. Yeah. And I don't even mind appealing to that. Yeah. For sure. All right. So what about altar calls and the sinner's prayer? That produce an alter altered state of mind. Yes. Have you ever have you ever been a part of giving an altar call? Ooh. I have. <laughs> I think this is where we do the pact and absolve them. I need to get on the couch. And for I a think minute. we maybe have talked about this before. We maybe have, yeah. I've been asked to do them. That's right. And uh, I've said that I won't do them. Yeah. Now, I've been at a church where they had them. I've never gone forward. So some would say maybe I've not been converted, Mm. but I've never repeated the sinner's prayer either. And I think I might just be a Christian. (laughs) So (laughs) when when did you do an altar call, Mike? So uh, I used to work summer camps uh, for youth. Uh And uh, I used to... I didn't. I wasn't the one actually giving the altar call. I um, you were just doing the manipulating. I was in the sadly the one manipulating the youth group children to come forward by my music. Did you play Stairway to Heaven? No, no. <laughs> yeah. I think that would be a perfect one for an altar call. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember the name of the song. There was one song. Yeah, it's it's sad. I it's awful. I feel <laughs> talking about it. I feel terrible. I. <laughs> Ugh. Anyway, it's manipulation. It's finny, right? It is. So it's, it, it does help to kind of look into some of the history of things. And how about this? Let, let's let's give um, let's give give an easy out for people. Some people have gotten converted. Yes. I, I know yep. people yep. that went forward at a Billy Graham crusade, mm-hmm. and they would say, "You know what? That's when I trusted in Christ." Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, praise God for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All joking aside. And thankfully, the Lord uses a lot of different things in the world. Yes, yes. Having said that, um, looking if you look into the history a bit, it, it's not a good look. Right. Um, yeah. Char- Charles Grandison Finney uh, was a false teacher. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was a Pelagian. So he believed that people were good and maybe they needed a little guidance 
Uh, he denied the substitutionary atonement of Jesus. I mean, the list goes on and on. Uh, and really, it traces uh, the altar call and its history it goes back to Finney. Uh, we could talk about things like the new measures. So he believed that as long as he could control things and follow certain steps, that he could convert convert anyone. Hmm, yeah. He's also the one who said at the end of his life uh, that the vast majority of his converts are a disgrace to the Christian religion. Hmm. So lots of lots of shallowness, lots yeah. of manipulation, and it's just not good. It's not yeah. helpful at all. So we're not for altar calls. We are for calling people to believe in Jesus. Yes, yes. But we're not for trying to get them to do certain things. And, you know, you, we've seen it all. You know, people, they have plants in the audience yep. to kind of just oh, yeah. get, grease the skids and get things going and um, emotional manipulative kind of music. It's just not helpful. It's not good. Remember, the Lord is the one who causes people to be born again. Right, yep. So, and some of the greatest evangelists in history have been people who believe the things we're talking about, like predestination, like uh-huh. yeah. total depravity. So, you can be a die in the wool, crawl over broken glass, black coffee Calvinist like Spurgeon was. Yeah, right. And be a great evangelist. Yeah. So, Keep that in mind. Theology matters, folks. So do categories. Say no to Charles Finney. Yes. So should we be assuring believing sinners, <laughs> those who are believing in that the Lord Jesus like Christ, that, should we be assuring them of their sure hope? That is profound. How about if we should, is it our role? Well, at first, Mike, I want to say, well, I'm not the Holy Spirit. I'm not the Bible. Mm. Um but the Bible does give assurance to people who trust in Christ. Mm, yeah. So I think we should even say people who trust in Christ are entitled to assurance. Mm. So it's not up to me to give assurance and say, I know you're a Christian because. Right. Yeah. But I should show Christians, even new Christians, like Paul wrote to, you know, to the Romans, and yeah. they, they hadn't been Christians for a long, long time. And he talks about assurance in chapter 8, verse 1. Yes, yeah. So there, there is that. Uh, let's also say it's not up to us to take assurance away. Yeah, right. It has to be God. But Christians, even baby Christians, can have assurance because of the sureness of the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So too many times it seems like we think somehow our you know spiritual gift is to rob people of assurance, or that's the one error, or the other one is that it's up to us to give everybody assurance who's mm, ever pro- yeah. professed faith in Christ. Right. How about if assurance is important? I mean, it's one of the reasons we had a reformation. Yes. Um, and so you can have it as a Christian, and it's not based upon you and how good you are. It's based upon Jesus and how good he is. Mm. Uh, there is fruit that comes. Uh, there's a place for lack of assurance. If you are not showing signs of life in Christ, that right. would actually be true. Right. Um, but I hope that answers the question. Yeah. So what are some common mistakes that people might make in evangelism? Gospel. Gl- yes. I heard there's a shirt. M- most certainly. There is a shirt. The Pact uh, of Biology. <laughs> confusing law and gospel. That would be one for sure. Yeah. I think we've touched on some of those things already in the episode. That would be a mistake. Right. Yeah. Um, we, we want people to hear us preaching the gospel and say what Paul anticipates in Romans 6. Does this mean I can live like the devil? Right. Yeah. Are you suggesting that it doesn't matter how I live? And we would want to say, 
May it never May be. May it never be. But we, at least you've understood us clearly that yes. it is grace alone, faith alone, Christ alone. Yes. And now, if you're in Christ, you want to do the right thing. Yes. So yep. big mistake number one is confusing law and gospel. Uh, another mistake would be confusing our role with, with God's role. Mm, yeah. So what is God's role in evangelism? He provides the Savior. Yes. Right? Yep. Um, what else? He does the regenerating. He does the regenerating, Yes. And he uses the preaching of the gospel by sinners like us yes. to bring about regeneration yep. in the life of the elect. Yep. Um, so I think those kinds of things are helpful to kind of tease out and think through. So when I confuse my role with God's role, I, I somehow think I'm the Holy Spirit and right. I regenerate and I convince people. That's yep. not the case. Yep. But at the same time, we don't want to be hyper-Calvinists who say, well, we, we don't have to call people to believe. We don't have to preach to them. Right, yeah. I think it was William Carey uh, who wanted to go from England to India to preach the gospel uh, to Hindus. And, and some people were telling him, if God wants to convert those people, then God will yeah, do it. Yeah. Um, and so they were hyper-Calvinists, not like uh, Carey. He was a Calvinist, mm -hmm. but he knew that faith comes by hearing. So yeah. let's keep our role straight, God's role straight. Maybe another one would be, and it relates to law and gospel, and that would be confusing fruit with the gospel. Hmm, yeah. And so there, it, it's true. There is fruit that comes as a result of someone trusting in Christ. Yeah. Um, but the fruit is not the gospel itself. Right. So don't front load it with that. Yeah. How important then is it when we're sharing the gospel to know the audience? Well, How does I, that affect your proclamation? Well, I am a sinner. And so I know sinners well. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> right? right? We can all identify with our audiences. We can all sympathize with our audiences. We're talking to people who are just like us, mm. even if they sin in different ways. Uh, we, we understand. Been there, done that. So yeah. Yeah. in that sense, you should, you should know your audience. Yeah. Excuse me. And in that sense, you can share the gospel with anybody and, and everybody. And you do know your audience, <laughs> yeah. right? So th there's that. Uh, maybe we should also say that it's important – I want people to understand what I'm saying. Mm. I can't get people to trust in Jesus. Um, I know that they may not be able to put all the pieces together and far, as far as comprehending things, but I at least want them to understand what I'm saying and what I'm not saying mm. the best I can. Yeah, right. And so sometimes you're talking to people and because of maybe uh, what they know or don't know, when you use certain words, they think you mean something different. Mm. And so I at least want to be aware of that yeah. because if they, if they reject the gospel I preach, I want them to be rejecting the gospel. Yes. Yeah, if yeah. they accept what I'm saying, I want them to accept the gospel and not something else right. that's in their own minds. Right. Yeah, yeah. So for example, if I'm talking to people who are Mormons, mm -hmm. I want to know something about what they believe. Not that I have to, not that God can't use me preaching the gospel, but I would prefer to know some things about what they believe so that I don't preach something to them and they think I'm saying one thing and I think I'm saying something else. Yeah, right, yeah. So I think that they talk about grace, they talk about Jesus, uh, they talk about God, but they mean different, different things, things by those things. Right, yeah. So if, if I'm living in Utah, I'm probably going to be, you know, or if I have a relative yep. or a friend, I'm going to have a meeting. I, I want to know something uh, yeah. more, perhaps. People coming out of Roman Catholicism, mm -hmm. again, when they, when they hear me say grace, they probably think I mean something other than I mean. Right. Yes. So I want to be aware because I care, because I love sinners, fellow sinners. I want to be aware of what how they might be mishearing me. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, if I'm wanting to evangelize a Hindu, I want to be aware of how they might be hearing me, if at all possible, because yep. why wouldn't I want to try to be as clear as I possibly can? Again, not thinking that my clarity is the gospel right. or my clarity regenerates. Yes, yeah. But wouldn't we like to be clear about what we're trying to communicate? Right. Yeah. I think the answer is yes. Yeah, for sure. So it can help it, you to have some kind of context maybe at times of yes. where people are coming from, what they know already or have heard to be able to help clearly explain and yep. tell them of Christ. And what you end up finding I, I, oftentimes is you, you, sometimes you know more about their religion than, than even they do. Yeah. Yep. Which that does happen. Kind of intriguing. Yeah. So let's wrap up this episode with some helpful resources for our Pactumverse listeners on evangelism and proclamation. What would we recommend to them? I think we should start with Romans 10. So yeah. working through Romans 10 is really quite helpful on a lot of levels, mm -hmm. but it might be helpful to see that faith does come by hearing. How will they hear without a preacher? Mm. So we, we must, you know, people have the law of God written on their hearts, but they don't have the gospel written on their hearts. Mm. And so they, there has to be proclamation. There's no such thing as a silent witness. Your mm. silent godly living might complement what you're trying to do. Um, but there has to be proclamation. Mm. Yeah. So let's go there first. Then we would recommend J.I. Packer's book, Evangelism and the Sovereignty of God. Mm -hmm. Small, easy, profound, really helpful. Uh, deserves to be considered a classic, I think. Yeah, yeah. And then Steve Nichols had that little tiny booklet uh, on apologetics. We interviewed him about that yes. on a Pactum episode. Yep. We could link to that. Yep. It's well, super accessible. Yep. There's a book about Spurgeon by Ian Murray where he deals with hyper-Calvinism. What's that called? Yeah, Spurgeon versus hyper-Calvinism, the battle for gospel preaching. That's a pretty easy read and I think yep. pretty helpful. So the, the hyper-Calvinists didn't like him and the Arminians didn't like him. Mm, yeah. And so we like him. We do like him. We like him. <laughs> There's also a book called Tactics by Kokel, I think, uh, is who wrote that book. Um, I think I think it's kind of fascinating just about keeping the conversation going with people regarding the gospel. Mm. Uh, also in the same vein would be a book called Fool's Talk, uh, Recovering the Art of Christian Persuasion by mm. Oz Guinness. And uh, again, I don't know where he's coming from theologically, but I thought it was helpful just as far as, you know, just having conversations with people sure, yeah. and answering objections. Uh, again, I'm a Calvinist, so I know ulti ultimately only the Lord uh, is the one who converts someone. But I do like keeping the conversation going, if you will, mm -hmm. so I can keep talking about the gospel. And I found that book by Os Guinness to be refreshing. Awesome. We'll make sure to link to those in the show notes for this episode. We want to thank all of you for being a part of the Pactumverse. As always, you can find more information about the Pactum on thepactum.org. You can also head to thepactum.org to get signed up, get registered, and get all the information about the 2024 Pactum Conference in October. Also, you can find us on X at the Pactum, Instagram at the Pactum Theology, and you can email us, connect at thepactum.org. We'll see you next week on The Pactum. The Pactum.